Welcome to episode 330 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast with two lower play fields. I'm coming at you from a windy Miami today. I love this city. It's awesome. The way people dress, Matt, wow, everyone's working for the money the way they're dressing. Um, okay, so here's the deal. We're going to talk on this episode a lot about Jersey Jack Pinball. We are two weeks away from Willy Wonka, it seems, and that's what everyone is saying. It's going to be at the Midwest Gaming Classic. It's crazy. It's a little over two weeks away. Wow. Wow, there's so much going on in pinball all of a sudden. We went from no news to tons of news. Uh, but here's what I'm going to do on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. We're going to talk about a little news. Then we're going to talk a lot about JJP. Then I'm going to read some of your notes. And then I'm going to let you have your day back. How does that sound? All right, first and foremost, let's talk about Stern Pinball. So obviously, we've got the big news about Steve Ritchie's new game. A lot of excitement. Everyone's sort of wondering how this game is going to flip. Swords of Rage. It's kind of cool. It's Steve Ritchie's initials if you take out the of right pretty pretty neat did you notice that um so look there's nothing really left until we play the game now it, it's it's one of those points now where there's no point in beating it to death i question i have is will the le's of this game sell out now i i'm hearing it, it's it's selling pretty well with distributors so i'm pretty confident that all 600 of these le machines will be spoken for uh, by the time they hit the line what do you think Pinball at gmail.com will all 600 be sold out. Um, I, I do think this game is going to be one of the better games Stern puts out in, in recent memory because it has some originality. It has a new mechanism. Uh, and if you're a pinball fanatic who grew up loving pinball, you know the Black Knight series. So there's some prominence there. Um, this game will not have the same sort of like hype uh, when it hits distributor showrooms, though, because remember, like, if you don't know pinball, I think you're going to have a hard time walking up to this and being like, wow, I need to own that as if it was like a Star Wars or a Batman or or Game of Thrones, you know, or a Deadpool, right? It just doesn't have that level of following. There aren't millions of people that are into the Black Knight. There are a few thousand people that are really into it. Um, but that's all Stern really needs, right, is Stern just needs to have, like, 5,000 people who really want this game, and it will be a success for them. All right, what else is going on? So, there is new Batman code coming. I heard that from Lyman. He's working on new code. That's exciting. This game is pretty much already amazing. And so, I'm hoping uh, that we get a third uh, season for all the major villains. I'm, I also wish, and I don't know what the issue is with the villain vi vision, but I hope that gets implemented into the game a little bit more. I hope there are a few more light shows we get. I hope the crane comes out to play with us a little bit more than it does currently. Uh, but that's exciting. New Batman code coming. Now, here's the other rumor I'm hearing. Are you sitting down? Has everyone got their tattoo guns ready? The rumor I am hearing is that there will be another Batman premium that is going to come out into the world, right? It's going to be a new version of the game. Uh, that is exciting as well because now that the code is incredible uh, and Stern wants to drum up new interest, it sort of makes sense that this rumor might be true that we're going to get a new Batman premium. Uh, something, you know, so we've seen them do it before. We've seen them do it with like ACDC and they have another premium run with maybe a different art package. So we'll, we'll see if more to that rumor comes out sometime soon. 
all right, what else, what else is happening? So what's crazy, right? We talk about the cadence. We're going to talk about that on this podcast where it's like nonstop new pins are coming out. The saturation of the industry is upon us uh, because, you know, look, we're in uh, April next week. Okay, and we're going to have the new Black Knight game. And then in June, July, we're going to get Brian Eddy's Jurassic World. And then in the fall, we're also going to get Elvira 3. Now, here's the rumor I'm hearing about Elvira 3. I'm hearing that Dennis Norman is the designer of the game, that Stern is making Dennis live up to his contractual obligations to finish the game and work on the game, which is kind of freaking nuts that this guy's over at Deep Root and he's also going to have a hit game coming out from Stern in in the fall and will we see Deep Root by the fall um, and also we know that Lyman Sheets is the art uh, sorry the coder of Elvira 3 so that's going to be a huge launch for Stern I, I thought Elvira was kind of irrelevant and not popular and then when Cassandra was at TPF two years ago the line was around the block so I'm wrong I'm wrong there is a lot of excitement for Elvira all right what else is going on in the pinball world so here's what gave rise to a lot of the alien rumors and there's something going on behind the scenes here somebody is making alien parts if you go over to pinball life and you search for alien pinball parts why all of a sudden are there a ton of alien parts for sale through pinball life ask yourself that question i mean we've got everything from the beacon toppers to the alien eggs to the face huggers uh, to the led boards that are now available there's coils that are available there's uh, artwork plastic sets interior plastic sets there's power supply uh, there's board sets available. So where are all these parts coming from? And that is the rumor that I am hearing is that Alien is being remade. Now the other, now the new thing I'm hearing is that this game is actually going to be made overseas, and there's 300 more of them being put together. I, I don't know anymore. I really don't know. I do know that Pinball Brothers has clearly not stopped manufacturing things around Alien because just go to Pinball Life and look at all those parts. All right. All right, we'll see if it comes out. We'll see if that rumor is true. Get your tattoo guns ready, people. All right, so before I, ju I, I jump into JJP, I want to ask all you guys a question out there, and I, and I think you know the answer. You think uh, it, It's basically this. How are all these pinball games going to succeed in 2019? All right, with even without Deep Root, let me go down a list real quick for all of you. These are all of the games that just currently right now are looking for buyers. These are all the companies that have new in-box machines, nice, beautiful cardboard boxes that can arrive in your home and you could set up your game. Ready? Let's go down the list right now of stuff that is asking for dollars. So, and this is not even everything. Uh, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, Batman 66 Pro, Batman 66 Premium, Beatles Gold, Beatles Platinum, Beatles Diamond, Black Knight Pro, Black Knight Premium, Black Knight LE, Cosmic Carnival, Deadpool Pro, Deadpool Premium, Deadpool LE, Monster Bash Remake Classic, Monster Bash Remake Special, Monster Bash Remake Limited, Monsters Pro, Monsters Premium, Monsters LE, Multimorphic, Oktoberfest, Pirates of the Caribbean Standard, Pirates of the Caribbean LE, Pirates of the Caribbean Collector's Edition, and Waz, The Yellow Brick Road. Let's count that list. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. I think it's 25 games. 25 pinball machines 
inboxes on lines right now trying to get your dollars. That is insane. We are clearly oversaturated. Hey, hey, put Deadpool, not, sorry, not Deadpool, put Deeproot into the mix now with their promise of making the most games in one year ever in the pinball industry. And all of a sudden you start to realize, wow, as a buyer, I love this. We have so many options. But doesn't it also create buyer's anxiety? Like, where do I spend my money? What should I go in on? Or should I just wait? Right? Because Jurassic World is also coming, and Elvira, and Willy Wonka, and Toy Story, and Guns N' Roses, and Deep Root, and who knows, is you know, Cactus Canyon next, and this and that. This is really, really shaping up to be way more supply than there is demand. Now, demand is strong. It, it definitely is. It is stronger now than it's ever been before. I have talked to more collectors who want to go in on stuff. I mean, I talked to a guy, a good friend of the show, who actually just tried to go buy the Big Lebowski pinball machine for $25,000 new in box, and guess what happened? He was told it sold already. Oh my God, right? So there's a lot of very new to the hobby people. Not everyone's new, but there's a lot of new collectors that are coming into pinball now every month with big checkbooks. The economy has been great for a really long time. Um, so I, I think it's an amazing time. I think it's an oversaturated time, but I'm not complaining. I am not complaining. It is awesome to watch what is happening. I mean, it is a battle with Stern on the top of the mountain and everyone is trying to get up to where they're at. Now, they are still the most formidable pinball company I've ever seen. They're winning this battle. Don't, don't be fooled. But yes, there are some companies chipping away. Primarily, the only one really chipping away at Stern is Chicago Gaming Company. Everybody else is not. Nobody else is really making a dent on Stern's Black Castle that's at the top of that mountain. And they have so much coming. Like, they've got a Tyrannosaurus Rex up there that's w waiting to charge at the enemies. They've got a skeleton army, right? They've got uh, Elvira up there showing you her great cleavage. You know, they've got so much happening that I don't see anybody really taking them down. Now, will Jersey Jack be the company to finally wake up a little bit and dent Stern's market share? We'll see. We'll see. But it's crazy. It is crazy. There are going to be, and mark my words, there's going to be winners and losers. There's no way that this battle can continue like this with all these companies. And I think the one that's going to struggle a lot, and I've said this before, and I don't mean to be a jerk, it's going to be really hard for some of the newer companies to survive if their titles don't really break through in a magical way, right? It's not how, I mean, how much harder is it now coming out of TPF? How much harder is it now to sell Oktoberfest with Steve Ritchie's Black Knight game being announced right after you had a good showing at TPF? And also, how hard is it now where the next place Oktoberfest is going to go to get people excited is MGC and Black Knight's gonna be there and be flippable? And then all of a sudden, we're hearing Willy Wonka is going to be there. So there really hasn't been a window in which Oktoberfest is available without a lot of competition. And then that's what Stern does. That's what all this sort of saturation of the market does is it's never a good time to release a game anymore, right? But it is a good time to make a game amazing that can succeed in this marketplace. And I've said it, there's no room for mediocrity anymore. Your game is either amazing or it's not going to sell well. And that's just where we're at. And I think consumers are going to look at these games now 
and they are going to expect a game to check every single box. It has to have good animations. It has to have good art. It has to have a good theme. It has to shoot well. It has to have code that that is worthwhile of owning. You know, there's a lot of stuff. But for the most part, to get that initial sale, I think you're going to need theme, artwork, and layout has to be like stellar. Like it has to be, okay? That is where the battle is won on day one of the battle. The battle is won, the long battle is won on the coding of the game. We all know that. That's what makes people either want to keep a game for a long time or get rid of it. All right, let's talk about Jersey Jack Pinball, all right? So here's the thing. There was an interesting thread. I need to read it. It's from our friend Iceman44, and the title is My Current Take on Jersey Jack Pinball After TPF. I want to read his points and I want to discuss because I think this is interesting. I think it's it seven pages worth of discussion is is always a decent thread, all right? So his take is this. The reveal about was okay, this is the reveal about Yellow Brick Road. The reveal was 100% about raising money to put down on getting Wonka started. Do the math, 200 games times 11k is over, you know, it's over 2 million dollars. The investors said go raise the upfront money yourself. Hence the Yellow Brick Road disaster and joke. All right, so what Iceman is saying here, and let's talk about this, is that the angel investors at Jersey Jack Pinball are tired of losing money. They are tired of always having to front the money for the parts for the next game. They wanted Jack to go raise that capital in some other way. And so he is saying that that is what the Yellow Brick Road decision was. It was to raise the money to buy the parts to make Wonka. I'm not sure that's the case, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I Maybe they just needed to, like, you know, maybe that was to buffer the losses from the Pirates of the Caribbean delay. But here's why I don't think that was the case. To get the parts to make Willy Wonka, and we're hearing that Willy Wonka is going to be on the line within a month of being shown at, at MGC, you would have to have ordered those parts a long time ago, much longer than, you know, than a month or two. I mean, I'm talking like three to four, maybe five months in advance. You need to start getting parts ordered for a new game. So I'm not sure that's the case, Ice, but I definitely think that the decision to, to put um, Yellow Brick Road out into the world was a decision to raise capital and that the investors are starting to get a little weary, all right? And now, so then the question becomes this. Do we think that Jersey Jack Pinball is once again in trouble, right? Does this move sort of speak of a, of a desperate act of a company that, that is still always, you know, one day away from the investor saying, I'm done with this and just closing up doors? Like, how close is Jersey Jack Pinball to being, like, on the brink of disaster, I don't know. I just don't know. We, I hope not. I mean, we all hope not. Nobody wants to see Jersey Jack Pinball go under. But I can't help but shake this feeling when I see them sometimes that there's this vibe that all is not good back at the home fort, that things are really dire and they need money badly. And to get that money, they need to sell a lot more of these games the delay of Pirates of the Caribbean was another financially crippling thing. It, it just was, okay? So then the next point that Iceman says is this. Jack actually said that we do more than 200 later, but it won't be more than, okay. So then he said, number three, Jack had destroyed the collectability of any JJP game. Um, number four, the rush to buy Pirates of the Caribbean late is total manufactured bullshit. Sales were crap until there was last call announcement. Again, hey guys, I've got a few pins outside in the trunk. Let me show them to you. Um, point number five. 
after TPF, like everyone else with JJP, to extract every dime possible. There will be a Black Pearl edition coming next year. How do we know this? Um, LOL. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about all these things together. So um, let's talk about we, you know, Jack and collectability and limited editions. We've talked about that before. There is nothing sacred in JJP land when it comes to limited. The big thing here is will he rerun Pirates? And why was Pirates stopped? You know, there's a lot of back and forth in this. The, the, the true answer to this is I don't think, you know, the pirate sales were not great out of the gate. There is no denying that. People need to stop thinking that this is the greatest game of all time and that people just need to understand that because the, the truth is in the sales of the game. Like the numbers don't lie. The money doesn't lie. When Pirates of the Caribbean was available, it was not flying off of the shelf the way the owners think it was. The owners enjoy it. The owners love it. They never stop talking about how how many issues they've had with the game, and they never stop talking about how great the game is once it's playing functionally properly, okay? But that doesn't change the fact that Stern will have sold more Deadpools than Pirates of the Caribbean. Stern will outsell it with Monsters. Stern will outsell it with Steve Ritchie's game. It's You know what I'm saying? It's like, yes, they and in total, they will only have made 1,000 Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, that's a total sales failure, and... I didn't stop production of the game. The fans didn't stop production of the game. Jersey Jack Pinball is who stopped production of the game. And so you can't tell me that they would have stopped production of this game if orders for it were flying in. If distributors were like, I need 50 more, I need 100 more, I need this many more, you think they would have stopped production of this game? Absolutely not. So the orders clearly weren't there. And I think we need to put a pin in that discussion and just accept that as the fact. Now, will he make another run in this game? Will there be a Black Pearl edition? I've been saying that since day one. Black Pearl makes so much more sense uh, than a you know the squid face guy, Davy Jones. I, they should have made a Black Pearl from the very beginning. The topper is Black Pearl. It'd be a nicer art package. It'd be really cool. The main you know the main toy in the game is the Black Pearl. Um, I don't, you know, look, Jack always does this. He always finds a new way to make another version of the game. So I, I think that's a pretty good guess that that's going to happen. All right. So Iceman goes on to say uh, that Disney wouldn't really care that they didn't sell many. It's a dead franchise, whatever, whatever. Um, and Toy Story is next. So the bottom line, he says, Jack lies when the truth would sound better. And now I'm probably going to roll over my money from Pirates of the Caribbean Collector's Edition because, once again, it's delayed. And in Jack's style, we know it's coming again with a reskin version, Black Pearl. All right, so that's the other thing, too, is um, the question of have the Collector's Editions sold out of Jersey Jack pinball machines for Pirates? And, look, here's the deal. They're, they're probably sold through to distributors, but not everyone is sold. I could wake up today and go buy a Collector's Edition. They are available. Don't fool yourselves. They're not sold out. At $12,500, these games are still available. Uh, and now I'm hearing if you order a Collector's Edition to a distributor that already purchased one, it doesn't mean they have it in box. They, they are still waiting for them all to be manufactured, and now there's a delay. So what does that mean? It, does it mean it's coming out in a week or two weeks, or does it mean that they have to order more parts? So there might be some collector's editions that are waiting for a while, and to Ice's point, it might be a Black Pearl collector's edition that replaces the Davy Jones one. So all of this... Couple all of this with the fact that in two weeks, we're seeing Willy Wonka, and it's going to happen. And people are saying that is the time, Midwest Gaming Classic, and that it's going to be on the line within a month of being revealed. Are you excited? Are you anxious? 
What are you? How do you feel about it? It's crazy, right? What I mean, all this stuff is happening at once. I, I tell you, honestly, I feel a little overwhelmed with excitement and I'm a little like, it's just, I'm just a little like fatigued a little bit. There's just so much. You know, we used to have a pinball collecting and buying. It used to be something where just a couple times a year we got excited about a new game and it wasn't like this. You know, now now it feels like Monsters is old news. Willy Wonka in two weeks. Well, that makes Steve Ritchie's game feel a little like old news. It, it It's almost like these things are coming out at the pace of like a new comic book or video game. Right, you know how like when all the video games come out in in fourth quarter and there's just so many options, but they're fifty to sixty dollars. I think what's really hard for me is to keep getting excited again and again and again when these things are are like five to fifteen thousand dollar toys, and they're a lot of money. And you do want your new purchase to have a little bit more of a sustainable hype and conversation around it. I mean, that's the other part. We used to get a game and we used to be able to talk about that game, deconstruct it. It used to be like a game or two all year round that we talked about that, you know, we 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 got up for every morning and we couldn't wait to play. And now it's like we're we're so on to the next and there's so much available that the window in which things are even relevant is so much shorter now. Uh, that that it's hard to really, really, really feel like uh, I don't know. For me, it's like I don't really feel like I, I I need to go in on any of these games anytime quickly, and it, it's just like I just like standing on the sidelines because they're like why not just wait to see how it all shakes out? Like even even waking up today, and you say like well, what are you gonna buy? Like how do you wake up today and go buy like Oktoberfest when you can just wait four weeks? Here's why: if you just wait four to six weeks and you don't buy Oktoberfest today, you'll still be able to buy Oktoberfest. You'll then know what Willy Wonka is. You'll then know what Black Knight is. You'll you'll then and then here's here's the thing. But in six weeks, you'll then start to be like, well, what what's Jurassic World gonna be like? I mean, Brian Eddy made Medieval Madness, like probably the best game of all time. So what's Jurassic World gonna be? And then what's Deep Root gonna do? And then is Cactus Canyon next? And then is Kingpin being remade? And hey, maybe Aliens even gonna survive back into the pinball world. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's almost like it's a great time to be a buyer, but it's like never a good time to feel like, well, this is the time I really need to go in on it. Because the other thing that is absolutely going to happen, absolutely positively going to happen, is prices of these games are going to uh, go down quickly after they're out. It, there's just there's no other way. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna start buying games for ten, eleven thousand dollars, and then how much is it gonna be used in a year when the next one comes out? Because here's here's the thing that I'm most curious about with Willy Wonka. Besides the you know seeing what Pat Lawler has done with this theme, I'm so curious to see what the price is on Willy Wonka. Because I think the price for Jersey Jack games is going to go up again. It has to. You know, Jersey Jack is is Stern's best friend in, in getting more for their games. Without Jersey Jack, Stern would be nowhere near $9,000 and $7,500 for machines. But Jack kept showing them that the market was there. Uh, but Jack, Jack couldn't deliver the games, though. It's crazy. Um, but I think Willy Wonka Limited Edition, I, I think it's going to be $10,000. And I think the um, the collector's edition is going to be more than twelve thousand five hundred. I actually see Jack should just take a page from Stern. I think Jack needs to stop with all this. Just do make limited edition and make premiums and make pros like whatever. Just call them what Stern calls them, um, or call them collector's editions, premiums, 
and pros, okay, or standard. Because I think the problem with limited and collector is they both kind of are trying to do the same thing. They're both trying to be the rare game that the collectors are going to buy and, and are limited at the same time. And I would, I just think that's bad marketing. It's wonky. It's Willy wonky marketing. He needs to, I think, pick one or the other. And then Jack really has to do something that I think he's he hasn't figured out yet. I really think Jack is missing how many loaded people are in this hobby that would go in on the special version of the game at a higher price point because Jack is making the, the Bugatti, the Rolls Royce of pinball. Compared to Stern, he absolutely is. And he is here's where he falls down. Jack should make 500 Willy Wonka collector's editions for $15,000 each and just watch every one of them sell. It, it's just that simple. It, again, it needs to have a magical topper. It needs to have a really unique armor. It, you know, And all he has to do, and this is the part where I just want to take Jack by the neck and be like, Jack, will you just understand how easy it is to do this? Make 500 of those games and give each of those games a mode or a wizard mode that is only available in the collector's edition code. Why, why don't they do that? I mean, look at Keith. Look at all he put into Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, it's got like more than it needs. Like, couldn't you just simply have a secret mode that is an Easter egg mode that only the collector's edition games had? And then all of a sudden, every single person who bought the collector's edition would feel like their game is special on a level that the LE guys don't have. It's not just art, it's also the when you make the gameplay unique, it makes the owners that much more excited to own the game. Why can't these pinball companies realize that? That it's the code that makes Tron uh, LE in LE. It's the code, silly. Anyone can put the fiber optic ramps on the game, but nobody can code in the Daft Punk multi-ball. Only the LE guys get that, and that's why that game was selling for double, double the price. And how many years ago was that? And nobody, nobody has ever, nobody, think about that. Nobody since then has ever given the limited edition or collector's edition games anything unique at all other than Adam West with unique callouts in Batman 66. And speaking of, why do you think that game is holding value like a, like, like a diamond it is it that game's value even though diamond values plummet <laughs> but but that game is holding value like it's a rare work of art i mean one one an ellie of batman just sold recently in australia this is aussie dollars for twenty six thousand aussie dollars or aussie dollars right twenty six thousand which is about seventeen thousand five hundred dollars in u.s dollars that's insane insane so what's an sle worth now with only 80 out in the world and personalized adam west call outs in each game what are they worth you know i mean i have one i mean mine's pristine it's got a playfield protector since day one 20 grand 25 grand i don't know they're kind of unobtainium the sles they're not for sale much all right so here's so that's the thing it's like jack I'm just curious to see what the pricing is. I'm also just curious, is there going to be anything from Dialed In that makes its way onto the playfield of Willy Wonka? That's the other thing. You can't tell me there are not leftover mechanisms from Dialed In because that game was not a barn burner in sales. Are there going to be, is there going to be anything from Dialed In that makes its way onto the Wonka playfield? Uh, will there be like a quantum theater that's reskinned or the subway? Will something be reskinned or will it be all original? I don't know. I really don't know. At some point, 
they're going to have to like do something with those parts, you know, is there going to be another dialed in? See, that's see that's Jack's dilemma. When you walk Jersey Jack factory, he's got millions of dollars in parts and and what what good is that if there are specific parts to games just sitting there in box collecting dust. He, you know, he's losing money. He's 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 paying rent for the factory. He's got these workers, and he's got millions in parts that are not going into games. Like what? That's not good. And I think he learned the lesson, and now he's trying to get rid of all the parts. Hence the Yellow Brick Road edition. Now, do you think that game's going to sell? Yellow Brick Road edition? I don't know. I really don't know. We'll see. I, I do think it will. I'll tell you why. Because, there, again, there are so many rich people out there that wake up tomorrow and they want a cute game. And when you see Wizard of Oz on Facebook and, and you're a mom and a dad and you're like, oh, we should really get a pinball machine for the home. And you're and it's like $11,500. You don't know any better. You don't know what this game is worth. You don't even know about Ruby Red and Emerald City Editions. This game is not being marketed to all of you people who are in the know for years, it's it's going to capture new buyers. And you have to remember, this game can be available globally. So all the rich people in China, Dubai, the Middle East, Latin America, Canada, United States, like Japan. Any, look, you only have to sell 500 around the world. Uh, and I think they will find 500 homes for this game, all right? Okay, let's go to some of your emails and then I'm going to go because I got to jump on a work call in 15 minutes. So let's do this. I'm going to pull them up. All right. So I got a, I got a lot around the Twippy victories. I can't read them all, obviously. But let me go. Uh, do, 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 uh, do, do, do. So, okay. So Twippies. Let's start here. March 24th. I got an email from Frank. He said, congrats on the Twippies award tonight. Well deserved. This is Frank D'Angelo. I think it was hanging with Frank and his son. Frank, thank you so much for the note. I got an email from Just Justice. Hey, brother, congrats on another Twippy. I voted for you. Looking dapper as usual. I thought your acceptance speech was very classy. F the haters. Justice, thank you so much for the note. I got an email from Doug Allen. Congratulations on the win, Chris. Best acceptance speech of all two. Keep up the great work in 2019. Doug in Seattle, pinball cog or something <laughs> Coog. Uh, Doug thank you so much I got an email from Ben Crane Ben Chris a few of us were watching the Twippy Awards show in Rochester uh, and we're rooting for you to win I don't agree with all your opinions but I respect that your voice your own opinion on the show you have the most entertaining podcast in the pinball and the award was much deserved well Ben Crane thank you so much brother for listening I got an email from Lucas congratulations on your well-deserved second win Wish they named and shamed the booer. What a bad sport. I'm glad you asked him on stage and he didn't move. What a, I won't say that word. It, it wasn't Franchi, was it? No, it wasn't Franchi. Lucas, thank you so much for the note. All right, let's keep going. I got an email from Neil Shelton. Good luck tonight, brother. You got this shit in the bag. We'll be shocked if you don't win. Neil, thank you so much for the note. I uh, got an email here from Jason Zimmerman. That I still love the show. Nobody's perfect. And fuck the haters. Well, Jason Zimmerman, thank you so much for listening to Canada's Pinball Podcast. I got an email from Jack. This is from Jersey Jack. He said, good morning. This is from Jersey Jack. Good morning from DFW. Nice to see and talk to you. Don't let the guy who booed you take away the fun and smile of winning the Twippy. There will always be those people used to fuel your, use it to fuel your passion. Be well. 
Jack. All right, that is awesome. I love that Jack sent me that note. That was super awesome. I'm going to go down to Jack and visit him soon and get him back on the show. Uh, I, I'm really excited to help give Jack ideas on, on, on moving forward when he does seminars at these pinball shows. All right. I got an email from, let's see, Blades, from Jay. Um, Jay says, I love the fact that everyone bashes you and you win two years in a row. You should mimic head-to-head logo again, but change it back to Canada's podcast. I've said this before, but your opinions and interviews are the best of all the podcasts, and it seems I'm not alone thinking that. Enjoy the win and promote it to all the haters, Jay. Well, Jay, first of all, thank you. Um, no, I don't need to like rub it in anyone else's face. I'm glad that we won. I'm I'm glad for you guys out there that listen uh, that this show, uh, while people would like it to go away, just won't go away. All right. I got an email from Peter. Pete says, "Chris, congratulations on the back-to-back Twippy wins for best pinball podcast." While I don't always agree with everything you say, I always listen to your podcast first before anyone else's, due to the honesty and the passion you have for this industry. You were spot on with a number of things, especially around today's pins lacking the magic or world in their glass. A perfect example of this is with current Stern pins and other manufacturers relying too much on the LCD screen. Too much emphasis put on the LCD and not enough on newer mechs. A recent pinball gathering I went to at a friend's place really hammered this idea home. The person has an amazing collection of mostly older System 11 pins. Each of those pins has something magical going on on them, and you can see experience it within a few minutes of the playing the game. Whether it's Pinbot or opening the visor for the first time or starting a multiball on high speed, those games give you some exciting moments that don't require you to look at a screen. Anyway, keep up the great work. Looking forward to a full year of new podcasts. Well, thank you so much, Pete. Uh, but how awesome was it to see Steve Ritchie's new game, Pete, and that Black Knight mechanism in the middle of the playfield? I think that is what we want more of, right? That is super exciting. How boring would it be if you battled the Black Knight on an LCD screen just by hitting lights, right? So much cooler to hit his flail, hit him, hit the shield, um, and try to take him out that way versus all that happening up on a screen. All right, I got an email from, let's see, do Jared Job. Jared, thank you for taking the selfie of, of us. He said, you know, he, he sent me a picture of him and I taking a selfie. It was awesome. Jared, thank you so much for hanging at TPF. Uh, I really, really appreciate all the nice things you said when we were hanging at the show. I got an email from Eric Young. Chris, my 11-year-old son and I are huge fans. How can we meet at TPF? Um, And then I I did meet up with Eric and his son, Max. So Eric and Max, I'm so glad you guys listened to the show. Thank you so much for congratulating me on the award. It was awesome seeing you guys, and I can't wait to see you guys again soon at another show. All right, what else? Do, 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 Brian, Brian Adelstein, Brian, he said, Hey, Chris, hope you enjoyed the show. No, we didn't talk much uh, recently. I guess you decided to, to, to have other, uh, let's see, no longer productive or enjoyable relative. Like, okay, Brian, here's the deal, bro. I love you. I used to talk to Brian all the time. Um, you know, just hit me up, man. A- anyone used to talk to me on Facebook about pinball, just hit me up. I'm always open to have a conversation. I got an email from Ed C. He said, "Fuck yeah, congratulations, Chris." I was getting worried when Deadpool won best team. I think I, I think I think this is where I was last time with announcing uh, the thank yous to people. So anyway, that has been episode 330 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I just want to sign off by saying, guys, it's an awesome year for pinball. This is going to be a year like no other. If I were you, I would wait to see where things shake out. 
you're going to have so many great options over the next few months. Super exciting time. Can't wait to cover it all. Can't wait to interview more and more people and get their opinions about this whole crazy pinball hobby we live in. Uh, and, and, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I wish I had more room and I wish I had more money. Those are the two things that I go to bed every night thinking about when it comes to pinball. Have a great day, everyone. Have a great weekend. I don't think there will be another show before the weekend is over. Next week, I'm going to get more people on the show later in the week. I'm going to get Greg Bone back on the show. You know Greg? from the from uh, the Twippies. He was the co-host. You know him from Straight Down the Middle. Uh, he's coming back on the show soon. I've got some more people lined up. Uh, Josh Kugler, I want to get Josh back on the show. He said he'd come on after TPF. I'm going to ask to see if he'll stu- still do that. I am really interested to talk to the people uh, at American Pinball about how, you know, how they're going to feel that they're going to do with all the competition in the pinball world and let them talk to us about Oktoberfest and how the reception was at the show uh, because they heard from people more than I did about Oktoberfest. All right, everyone, 3.30, signing out right now. Your smile is like a spring. Your voice is so